Wizard of Whiskey presents Swig and Ramble, a podcast for the modern age. Come for the whiskey, stay for the shit show. Featuring Justin Curry at Wizard of Whiskey, Mark Pruitt at Resonant Prose, and Julia Men at The Wee Tipple. And now, pour yourself a drink and enjoy the show. I know you will. Got it. <laughs> Welcome uh, back, Ramblers. <laughs> oh, my God. We don't know what we got, but we got it. <laughs> uh, you know, the episodes are going to be really good when you start off laughing and come into it this way. So, awesome. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for joining us again. Today is all about tequila. At the end of season one, we did an episode going over the basics of tequila and mezcal. So be sure to go listen to that if you haven't already. Because today, we are digging into the nitty-gritty of tequila, subcategories, myths, additives, what to look at when picking a bottle. Uh, We're going to talk about glassware and celebrity brands um, and respected distillers. So much going on. This is going to be a two-parter, so you're going to definitely want to come back next week uh, for, for all of that good stuff. Um, and that so is the we're... longest we've ever gone without Mark interrupting us. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. That was, right? wow, a good, just, a good seven I seconds. To, I just got to have my own intro without oh. interruption. It was it was brilliant. I haven't said fuck off, Mark, yet, except just now. So everybody remember to take a drink. Uh, yeah, actually, Mark is not with us today. We have a very special guest with us instead. Uh, this is tequila enthusiast and drinking veteran Sandy Greco. Sandy is uh, a huge, huge lover of, of tequila, a lot of experience with it. However, he is most well known for his pizza making skills with a Z. Oh, and let me tell you, they're the fucking bomb. They are the best pizzas ever. Um, so definitely check out his uh, pizza creations on Instagram. We will be sure to tag him, but you can find him at s underscore g g r e c o. That's s underscore. That's my name. G Greco. Uh, so welcome, Sandy. How are you doing? I, I'm doing terribly. I don't know what I'm doing here, and I uh, <laughs> hope to leave soon. Oh, wait, that's the wrong script. The show. All, right. Oh, all right, hang on, guys. Wrong page. Oh, we, got, we got this. Yep. All right, let's let's start that over. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to have some fantastic tequila in front of me, and I'm hoping that someday soon you will too. That's what we're here for. Yeah, you're going to come away with a lot of knowledge and hopefully a thirst for some good tequila. I am actually quite a newbie to tequila, and Sandy has been educating me. I've gone through a, a real learning curve, which has been really awesome because I wasn't ever really a fan of tequila. So we'll get more into that later, but first... Let's start with a little Sours R Mash this week. Uh, I will kick things off just because this is top of mind. (sighs) People, I'm talking grown ass adults who smell of a piss that they just, they just entirely smell and, and their odor wafts with them and lingers wherever they have gone. It's just upsetting and disturbing. Please do better. That's that's disturbing my soul today. Sandy, God, what, what sours your mash? What sours my mash? Goodness gracious. Um, the weather. I, I know everyone loves to talk about the weather, <laughs> but it's fe- oh, it's not February. It's March. I, I know where I am. It's March. I'm sweating. I have shorts and a t-shirt on, and there's still snow on the ground. <laughs> Nothing about this is right, and... I want it to be over with. So wait a minute, but you want summer. I do, but I I can't deal with this in between place. Sweatpants and sweating do not go together, despite the name. He's he's not wrong. Mm. Justin, uh, and that's why I moved. To, that's why I moved to California because fuck weather changes. Like it's pretty much. I, I live in the Bay Area, which is pretty much. You don't need to check ever. No, I don't. I my wife asks me all the time. She's like, "What's the weather going to be?" San Francisco area weather. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be between 60 and 63, probably 300 something days of the year. Anyway, what sours my mash? A lot of you know that I am not a big social person when it comes to modern things and the newfangled technologies. Um, Don't really follow uh, what's hip or whatever the kids are calling it these days. I'm not hep to the job, whatever you, I I don't do things. 
So I want to know. Please, listeners, please email, text, tweet. Please tell me what the fuck this is. Could someone explain to me the unmitigated (laughs) fuck? What is a salt bay? Could someone explain that shit to me? Is that the the salt the salt chef dude? Apparently, this nozzle has a new place in Vegas where he's like sprinkling salt on a fucking steak, and it's thousands of dollars. Please, someone respond to me, including whoever this guy is. What is a salt bay, and why in the fuck am I living in these times? Okay, so Justin, I'm gonna call up your old man status. I'm thinking this was a. This was a yeah. thing a few years ago. Salt Bay is old. Yeah, like, like you're behind news. the times. I just, I right, and I just discovered it. That's not that's par for the course for me. I'm, I'm if I make a, if I make a reference from the 1990s, that's like exceptional. I'm pretty sure this meme is from the last decade. It's like, it's very possible. However, there. however, in the news the other day, I saw that this apparently this salt guy opened a new place in Vegas or he's getting a new place in Vegas. It's in the news. Like this is, I'm not making this up. This is a very, like, it's still I relevant. I, I, I believe you. You're, you're right. And I just, I, I don't know why. Where did I go wrong in life? After culinary school, no one's like, hey, did you know you don't have to actually work? You can just throw salt on shit and become a sensation. Like that wasn't a thing. The chefs that I studied under hated the Food Network. They hate, because it was brand new, by the way. When I started, the Food Network was two people. It was Mario Batali and it was Bobby Flay. And it was, they, they actually got a contract to do Iron Chef Japan. Like they dubbed it. And every chef that I studied under hated everyone on that, on the, they hated the program. The idea now that you can do this, you guys can't, the, the audience can't see me doing this, but you can sprinkle salt on a thing. And it, is it I just, I, please, my mind is, Blown. What is a salt bay and why is that a fucking thing? It's really all in the wrist. It's just it's not it's, though. It's, it's salt. literally the visual that I don't know. And also he did the most ridiculous uh, slices of animals. Do, do you not remember like Emerald going bam? Like it's yes. the same thing, just just in a different generation. Wow. 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 Um, yeah. In, I think I think we need a drink. Justin, you especially you need a drink because I really you're do. I don't know what the hell is going on. But before we do that, there's an important thing to note here. As we're talking about salt, and everyone always wants salt and lime with their tequila, throw that shit out the window. Ooh. No, no. If you want a little bit on the edge of margarita or whatever, fine. But no, salt, you don't need to salt good tequila. Well, are we talking about shots or just in, in general? general? Don't be in general, shooting. I think, yeah. Fuck, 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 fuck the salt. I, I, I will say this, continuing on the salt discussion, why is it that salt will sit in the Himalayas for 300 million years, but then when I buy it from the store, it expires next week? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a very concerning thing. It's just what I was talking about before. Sweat. You don't want wet salt. <laughs> Ew. Exactly. Gross. No. Um, so what's in my glass? So apparently I got the memo that we're doing some kind of tequila uh, thing. So the first thing I have in my glass, I went with something that's rather interesting. And I I love that you guys put notes specifically about it. It is a Cristalino vodka. I, I saw this. I, uh, you can't see this, but I saw that that bottle rise just enough into view for me to. I was almost going to shame you live there for yeah. for pulling that out. And you I, are I welcome it. to. Give you a moment. I, I have several really nice artisanal craft tequilas. Could not actually get to them because there are, are uh, sadly there are other boxes of booze in the way. So I had to run down to my secondary <laughs> stash and grab a few things that I just happen to haven't opened yet. Boo-hoo. including several totally several done videos i know i'm pretty bad but i have i have other stuff I'm, I'm excited to taste all these so anyway it's the don julio 70 it's a, apparently a 70th anniversary type of thing or whatever it's a cristalino which is we're gonna get into um i'm excited i haven't actually tried this particular one before so i'm excited to kind of get into there a little bit of like burnt hay. I really enjoy. Ah, interesting. Yeah, like burnt hay and ash. I like that. 
Speaking of salt, a little bit of that salinity on the nose mm -hmm. for sure. Um, the mouthfeel. Hmm. Wet Probably and smoky thin. grass at the same time, like very, which it, it kind of fades. So like this very like citrus peel, almost like like tropical fruit peel. Like if you licked a mango or something. Your um, your face really isn't selling it. I'm not. The I'm words not, coming I'm out not, of your mouth are I'm fine. I'm not loving but this. If everyone could see Justin's I'm, face right now, I'm it's not loving this. It's a little pain. The, the flavors you're describing also don't have a hell of a lot of anything to do with agave. Which is uh, exactly why I nearly shamed you before, because that's. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm a little. It's. What you got there is a bottle to impress stupid people. Yeah. That truly is what it is. I'm sorry. That's what all of those are. They're they're bottles to make you look cool to people who don't know what's in your glass. And yeah, I get it. I got to say, I'm not a I'm not a fan. I I like I like dirt. I like smoke. I like. I want. I want the pina. I want the tropical notes. I want things that that come out of that pina properly. You're not gonna get it out of that bottle. I'm not getting oh. out of this. This this is it, it, the the finish. It, you can still see my face. The finish is very prevalent still. A good minute afterwards. So it's and it like coated the tongue with like this very Jolly Rancher esque without the flavor. You know, juicy fruit, the gum. Where you mm -hmm. chew it for eleven point five seconds and it's gone forever, oh, like yeah, it's like that. But 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 the flavor sticking around in reverse. So it's like oh. unflavored Jolly Rancher just stick coating the tongue. Yeah, that that sounds so. about right. And Andy, what are you, what are you drinking? Since you have shamed my bottle, <laughs> I I am drinking, or we are drinking, an absolutely beautiful bottle of Tequila Ocho. It's uh, one of their Blancos. They have a huge lineup because this brand basically does single estate agave across the board and then they'll age it. And then as the agave regrows and matures, they re-release the same farms and put a different year on it so you know what it is. But uh, there are all manner of bottles of tequila Ocho out there and basically every single one of them is astounding. So. This is wonderful tequila. It's clear because it's supposed to be, unlike what you got over there at the moment. <laughs> and it just, it's, uh, it's one of the gems of the tequila jewels, I guess. You, you know, you, you really, I've had a hard time tracking these down and I'm so happy to finally be finding a couple of them around here. And it's just, you actually get the agave on here. There's tons of black pepper. It's nice and just earthy and oh, every everything you wanted out of your little sad bottle over there is is hanging out over here in the glass. Shots so, fired. So I'm, wow. I'm I'm desperately sorry for for your decisions over there, but uh, I, I I only like I said I, I grabbed a few things. I can always grab I can always grab more. I'm not I'm not worried. Well, you can also use yours to clean your toilet. Yeah. It's very, it's very solventy. Yeah. I might do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably half toilet water to begin with, so it'll feel right at home. <laughs> All right, and this oh, episode man. is brought to you by Don Julio. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so I'm still working on my tequila tasting skills, but yeah, you know, along with what Sandy was saying on the nose, I'm also getting that lovely mineral salinity to it mm -hmm. and some crisp citrus zesty oils. It's, it's an absolutely lovely nose. It's far more refined than what you may think of when you think tequila, because a lot of people yeah. just drink shitty tequila. So it just smells harsh and alcoholic and sugary. The, the no, good this stuff's is a bouquet. They really are. There's lots of depth. They're always, they're robust. Like tequila should kind of punch you a little bit and mm. it not in like you're being overpowered by alcohol, but the flavors Ooh. are strong. It's, it's pungent. It, it should hit your mouth and you should yeah. know that you're drinking tequila. It's it shouldn't be one of those situations where you're kind of sniffing your glass and you're like, what the hell is this? No, you should know as soon as you stick your nose in there that this is an agave spirit. Oh yeah. This has such a beautiful 
rich, full, gently viscous and oily mouthfeel. It's beautifully earthy and a little bit of vegetal. You get that salinity coming through and I'm like, holy titties, this is a right proper fucking tequila. This is one that you want to sip and enjoy and pay attention to, not just shoot back and then have some lime and salt. <laughs> yeah, no, no lime, no salt here. Wow. All right. Well, um, this is going to be a fairly shenanigans-free-ish show. Um, you may have noticed Mindy and Mark are not with us today. Um, they are missed, but we uh, we had to we had to keep going. Um, so we're 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 talking tequila. So let's let's jump in. Who wants to kind of start us off with some of the some of the, the, the main topics type of stuff. Who wants to start us off with the intro? Well, so something that, was, something that was interesting to me, and Sandy, feel free to jump in at any point, is you had pointed out to me, actually, that this is what the only non-single season distillate, because it takes a piña, which is the agave that May, it oh, makes right. the tequila, yeah. Um, it takes well, seven like to pineapple. yeah, exactly. it does. It takes seven to eight years to grow. So unlike grapes for wine, which grow and mature and are picked in a single season, or wheat or you know other grains for whiskey, those grow in a single season. It takes seven to eight years for one piña to grow. So that was very interesting to me. Yeah, uh, definitely. The, and one of the issues that pops up over and over again is you'll keep hearing about agave shortages. And a big reason for that is it just takes so long to mature. But as a result of that, people tend to go, oh, wow, agave is up in price. I should turn my uh, family's farmland that hasn't grown anything for decades into an agave field. And then you grow some really mediocre agave that makes some really mediocre tequila that nobody actually wants to buy in seven years or so. But uh, yeah, the Blue Weber agave for tequila takes about seven years or so to mature up or down a little bit. Uh, a real issue in the industry additionally is that the more modern processes, which are not necessarily a good thing, let you cheat and get younger and younger agave and you get worse and worse product out of that. So it's, it's really not a great thing. And, and truly, another real issue going on there is most of the agaves out there are clones. So they do not have good genetic diversity, which means they're really susceptible to disease. And we need things like bat populations to be able to pollinate. And there's all kinds of ecological issues going on. Like the same reason if you've ever tried to uh, wonder why those little banana candies don't really taste like bananas. Well, they do. They just taste like the species of banana that died out from disease. Whoa, whoa. whoa. Hold on. Hold on. You leave my banana runs out of this. Hey, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm those just are saying my, those are my jam. Like the bananas you buy at the store, and there's good those, reason for that. Those are my jam. Hey, you, you can have them all you want, but the same sort of thing that killed out your bananas that tasted like your wonderful banana runs has the chance to take on the agave field, which would be really, really bad because it just takes so long for them to grow. Losing an entire you know, crop of them would just be unbelievably destructive. So there are thankfully groups pushing out for, you know, getting, getting that back on sustainable practices, but, uh, as a, as a whole, we're, we're really not there yet. So shit. be forewarned. <laughs> and on yeah. that note. <laughs> I, I'm terrified. I feel like I want to go curl up in bed and hide but under a rock until why we have the agave to, gets better. Yes, enjoy our agave. It is, it is precious. This is why you don't buy the crappy tequila. It really like, and it means something to the families that grow this stuff. Like, the, the humidors are hard workers. They, they like it's not easy work. When when you get the the tourists that go down there and try and they'll they'll let you like hey want to try and harvest one of these things, it's hard work. They can weigh like a hundred pounds or more depending on that. They're huge. You can you can have some real work cut out for you. So respect your agave farmer. I wouldn't let a tourist anywhere near. 
the tools that it required to yeah they're sharp leave the <laughs> resort <laughs> i mean no stay in your you know all-inclusive resort and please please don't please don't do things that's for all tourists everywhere also yeah i i don't like tourists i i don't blame you yeah mexico however loves your tourism please visit mexico yes please be a tourist yes please go places don't get me wrong i want you to go places just not when i'm there um that's for everybody uh that's for for all all people all listeners you should you should go places just please don't be there when i'm there yeah Um, because you're going to annoy me well, I mean, I, I don't think many of us are doing much traveling these days anyway, but hopefully sometime soon, maybe. We don't want to smell you either, so. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Not at all. Yeah. Anyway, does anyone <laughs> want to discuss uh, the processing or how the tequila is actually made from the plant? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? I think Sandy does. Oh, boy, I do. <laughs> Wait, wait, was that my cue? I missed that. Oh, a goodness. big old pan over the sand. Oh, oh, all right. What what are we talking about? Actually, actually making the agave? All right. So let's let's just go. We've got our agave, they're growing, we've harvested them, right? So we've got to do something with them. We got we gotta cook the things. So there's a few ways you can cook them. And a few ways you want to cook them, and one way you really, really don't want to, but that's an unfortunate part, but we'll get there. So first and foremost, your most traditional and what you'll find mostly in Mezcal these days is like your earthen pit. They literally dig a hole, put the agave in it, start the fire under it and roast them. And it takes very long time. It's very labor intensive and it results in a pretty smoky product. And most people don't really associate smoke and tequila these days. It's, it's pretty much mezcal, and even that's kind of not necessarily always true. But there are a few sort of boutique, artisanal, anniversary, edition-y, expensive type things that do that. And it's sort of the way it would have been done long, long ago. where we In a, in a modernize... galaxy far away. Yes, yes. Also known as Mexico. <laughs> Might be in the same galaxy. Uh, you, heard it, you heard it here first, kids. Mexico, different galaxy than Earth. It's true. The, 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 that's why it's so expensive. The shipping charges are outrageous. But uh, anyways, so to modernize things a little bit, we brought that cooking process above ground and we started making brick ovens. So they pile the agave in these brick ovens and they bake them and they takes it's still a pretty long amount of time but a little less labor intensive you don't get all that smoke in there because they're not directly getting hit by that um, and that's the way most really good tequila is made these days now it doesn't have to be like that there's the next stage which would be autoclaves what's the easiest way to think of those is they're they're pressure cookers if you think of the brick ovens sort of like a crock pot where your traditional set for eight hours, let it go kind of thing. You get your pressure cooker, your instant pot that cooks it in 40 minutes or whatever. That's more or less what your autoclaves are doing. They're just faster and depending can make less quality products. They're still excellent tequilas out there made by that process. It's not really something to send you running to the hills, but it's just something to be aware of that they're not necessarily looking for the most traditional labor-intensive practices. They're looking to save a little money. So it, is that the one you were referring to? No, 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 no. Than, oh. no, no. It gets way worse. Oh, so, okay. I want to hear this. Yeah, no, you don't. So yes, I do. The, the place you move into from there, fortunately, is diffusers. And diffusers are modern hell holes. Uh, you, you literally don't want to drink anything that came out of a diffuser. There's all manner of kind of ways you can use them. They can be done with acid. You can do enzymes. You can, yeah, you can add some heat in there. And it's just, it's a very, it's an effective process in that it's very good at getting like all the usable material done, but it lets you use immature agave. So it ends up with a flavorless product and just, 
it's it's nothing you ever ever want in your glass and it's what you associate all the terrible tequilas of the world with your your awful jose cuervo your bottom shelf salsa stuff oh oh thankfully not necessarily don julio they they, their standards are a little higher for the most part but uh it's uh it really it's it's nothing you want to to drink and it's also a place for you to really get marketed by complete bullshit because if you've ever listened to oprah she'll probably tell you to go buy casa dragones and uh that's some of the worst actual tequila you could buy. It, however, costs $250 a bottle. Yikes. And they have to write the word sipping tequila on the label because they don't trust you because they think you're an idiot. And truly, if you're spending $250 on their product, you might just be. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But hey, you can get your name engraved on the bottle, though, because that's worth something. Wow. I think this leads us very interestingly into additives and marketing. Uh, You brought up Oprah, and I bet that's probably why that tequila sells is because Oprah got behind it. Oh, yeah, they they put a lot of money in that. And it it works as far as I can tell. Their products sell. Um, I've never seen anyone who who knows a damned thing about tequila say anything good about the brand. So... It's, it's really a place for, like I was saying before, if you want to impress people, buy a bottle of that. Show them you spent 200 something dollars on this pointless pretty bottle. Ooh. You know, it's crystal, lead-free crystal, because, you know, lead-free crystal's a thing. That's just called glass, people. And, and it's just, yeah, it's, 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 being, it's being lied to, unfortunately. You know, you're being misled to think you've got a quality product. And one of the biggest things is, like you were saying, additives. So there's a distinct lack of transparency in the industry about what is being added into the bottles. For a long time, if you looked at a bottle and it said uh, 100% uh, agave, that was sort of the gold standard. You go, oh, yes, good, good tequila, right? Unfortunately, that uh, 100% doesn't have to be true. It uh, has 1% of allowable additives by volume, and it's industrial quality stuff. It's extremely concentrated sweeteners. It's literally like uh, we were talking about the mouthfeel of your Don Julio 70 there. Want your bottle to feel better? Pour some glycerin in it. Just, oh. yeah, just add a little extra. I, so I, I, I am going to take these tequilas because I, I, while, while Sandy was talking, I, I, I stopped listening. Um, and I, I essentially, I opened a second <laughs> bottle of Don Julio. This time it's the Anjejo. The Anjejo. Oh. Um, that's the, please, I, that no, is not how you pronounce please, things. Please, please only ever say it the first way. Do not write me letters, especially in Spanish, because then I have to get my wife to translate them. Um, Same goes here. If I when I say something down, wrong, Mexico. please please forgive yeah. us. We mean well. I promise. He he does. I I don't. Um, no, doesn't doesn't give a yeah, fly. Joy, Joy and I do not. Slide um, his DMs. Let him know. Yeah. yeah, please please send me send me all the send me all the the info. Um, so I I think what I'm going to do with these is I'm going to uh, throw Get them the in trend. a barrel and <clears throat> do another barrel. Oh. And I'm going to I, I add things to the barrels, including I have this. Um, it's sort of like liquid tannin, yeah. Because that's what this needs is more harsh oak tones. Um, you can add oak extract. That's that's a valid additive. I, I feel like I feel like there's no saving that. I'm, so I'm doing the I'm doing the añejo now. The añejo. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Now, since we've segued, um, I'm tasting it now because we're talking tequila. Um, I'm I'm also disappointed in this one. I and I I'm, I'm a big tequila fan. Um, I'm disappointed in Don Julio today. Um, I don't know what I was expecting, but I I'm I'm a little disappointed. In so there, there's actually things that, to note across the board here when we're talking about brands like Don Julio or Stouts or any of that. 
Don Julio, in addition to being dead, sold the brand off. The, the Souza family sold the brand off years ago. None of these big names that you know of have anything to do with the brands anymore. Oh, Don Julio's grandson produces Lalo now, and that's an excellent Blanco. That's something you should go out and find and get. If you want an idea, uh, you know, the, the Souza family lives on in Fortaleza. That's Guillermo Souza. That's the same family. It's just they have nothing to do with their original familial brands. Because hashtag money. I mean, why yeah. not cash out and then go and create their own brands? So. Well, yeah, Don, Don Julio has slid in, in over the years. They're the I, big fancy 1942 lines are full of fake flavors and they make the Cristalino crap like you're seeing there. They, they're there to make money now. They don't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impress your friends. What was, uh, I don't know, the, the Super Bowl parade or whatever, their like quarterback or something had a bottle of 1942 in his hand? Be willing to bet that uh, he didn't buy that himself and somebody handed him that before he walked up on that float. It's just kind of how it goes, unfortunately. Are you, are you telling me? I want to get this straight. Right here, right now. Are you telling multi-millionaire me? multi-millionaire football player doesn't buy his own alcohol? No, that I don't care about. Are you telling me that these producers are trying to make a profit? I, I think they might be, but they're, they're trying Crazy. to make profit out of their lies. Oh. I, I feel like the discussion, the, the Venn diagram intersection of creating shitty product just so you can mass market it, just so you can make a shit ton of money is a podcast episode for season three. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's going to happen. And Sandy, we'll have, we'll definitely have Sandy back. Um, okay, do you guys want to talk a little bit about the various types, styles of, yeah. of uh, tequila and a little bit about the characteristics? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we we'd mentioned Cristalino a couple of times, but then that's that's just a marketing term. So, what are the actual legal differences? What are the different styles? What's bullshit marketing? What's actual? Educate us, please educate you what is a misto tequila let's start there oh hang on what'd you say sorry what is a misto tequila let's start there oh mixed so those are and i'll sort of i'll tie this right back into what i was saying before about the additives main thing you guys need to know about additives is they don't have to put it on the label um and probably all the brands that you've heard of tried thought wow this is so sweet and smooth anything like that those are bullshit flavors. Your, your Clase Azul, your Sincoro, your Casamigos, uh, all that garbage, fake flavors. It's 818, every, every one of those. Crap. That, I, I don't know on the, the Rio Zuel or whatever. I got to say, that bottle tastes like cherries and cinnamon to me. And those are some odd notes to pull from Oak Barrels and Blue Ever Agave. So I don't know how I feel about that one. It doesn't work for me, but maybe, maybe somebody else. But uh, yeah, stay away from additive laden tequilas. Just, you got to do a little research. If you stick to the traditional producers, you'll, you're pretty much guaranteed to be safe. There's a wonderful uh, website slash app tequila matchmaker that has an additive free program that they go through and verify brands. If you look at their list, it doesn't necessarily mean if the brand's not on there that they use them, but if they are on there, they have personally verified that that brand does not use that crap. So stick to stick to the good stuff. Anyways, rolling back. So mixed dose. Uh, that's your Jose Cuervo Gold, your Jose Cuervo Speciale line, or whatever the hell they're calling it these days. That's your your absolute bottom of the barrel cheapest, quite literally, to meet the legal minimum standard. Only has to be fifty one percent agave means 49% bullshit is in that bottle. Are they called mixto because they're meant to be mixed with something to it, make them they, less shitty? No, that they're actually mixes of other uh, products. Yeah. So it's it's just complete and utter crap. And, and there are some brands that do like 70-30 splits and actually disclose what kind of sugar they use for the rest of the 30%. And they do so to make affordable mixers and they're very honest about it but those are few and far between 
and especially in America, it's not very common. So stay away from anything that just says tequila on the label. Tequila. Yeah, you you it, it, as much as that one. Do, do we need some theme music going on? Uh, oh, oh yeah, we do. Yeah, all right. well, no, we'll we don't have the budget for that. Uh -huh. oh, oh, the licensing. Oh goodness. Hey, wait a minute. I thought Don Julio was sponsoring this. They gotta have something there. Sponsoring lawsuit. Whatever. Same thing. All right. All right. Close enough. Close yeah. enough. Same difference. But yeah, you want to stay away from those. Those are the those are the bottom bottom shelf. Uh, probably has a plastic sombrero somewhere on it. Might have a worm in it. Or yeah, don't even don't even begin to look there. And those DMs are S underscore G G R E C O. <laughs> I will block you. <laughs> oh, oh. But uh, no, okay. So, and, and worth mentioning that those can be of different um, all the way across the other expressions. You can, you can have a Blanco that's a, a mix. You can have an extra Anejo that's a mix. It's, it's what goes into the, to the blend. So on that note, the actual designations of tequila are Blancos, Reposados, Anejos, and Extra Anejos. And the sort of most common little weird wiggle room ones are in there are the, the blended Hovens and the Cristalinos that we were talking about before. You'll occasionally see some weird stuff like Reposado Rare printed on a label, but uh, for the most part, that's your standard issue. Your Blancos are very often going to say platinum. You might even occasionally see an old lady call them a white tequila. Uh, truly, though, they're traditionally unaged, but you're allowed to rest them up to two months. And there's a couple brands that do that. There's there's Blanco Rosas out there that are rested in wine casts that are actually pink, despite being Blancos. Uh, Micampo does wine casking on their Blancos. So it's a thing. It's not common. But uh, you, you will see people adamantly claim that uh, Blancos are never aged or never see any oak or never see a, a barrel or stainless steel. And that isn't universally the case. So wow, you actually do put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you actually put the tequila in the barrel. Press against the hose again? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that yep. too. Or else it gets the hose. Hose? There's hose? So who gave me? What? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh. I, I thought oh. I thought that was like a perk. All right, oh, all right. okay. All right, no Someone hose. Someone likes it rough. So <laughs> the barrel sports, like going over Niagara Falls, you gotta you gotta protect yourself somehow. Always use protection, kids. Unless, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. not your dad. Don't move. Do what you want. I'm pretty sure Don Julio owns Trojan. They might. Uh, and I'm and by and by know, pretty sure I made it up just then. No, no. So. What what style, although I think ideally brand of alcohol, is responsible for the most children? I, I, are we going to say Don Julio? No, or I don't think tequila? so. I don't, I don't, tequila in general? I don't know. I don't know if it's true because is this a myth. Oh, I don't know. I'm, part two. I want to. I actually want to know the answer I, to this. I kind of want to know this too. We're we're gonna we're gonna send out a survey. We're gonna get about three four million responses. So, uh, stay tuned. Um, results coming in uh, Christmas time. Something yeah. else we go. was coming in. What? Hey, oh, yeah. hopefully it's coming a lot faster than that. What? <laughs> Do you well, need a minute? I just I take a you know. Justin is blushing. <laughs> Mark, Guess just going to say, Mark, you really missed out on this episode, buddy. Yeah, buddy. You, so many potential day. inappropriate moments. <laughs> so many. <laughs> All of them, really. He doesn't All right. know what he's uh, okay, well. Um, Where was I? All right. We were, we were talking about Tequila. Yeah. Tequila. How it's properly yep. pronounced. Tequila. That's mm -hmm. Yep. Um, we're talking about, I believe we were on Blanco and Silver, 100% mm -hmm. agave. Um, now we talk a little bit about Reposado. Yep. So assuming you actually put it in the barrel, after two months, you have to call it a Reposado. There's thankfully 
as much as there's a lack of transparency and some issues with the, the laws and the enforcement and whatnot, they won't let you blend anything or put inaccurate age statements on bottles. So if you take an extra Anejo, mix it together with a Reposado, they won't let you still call it an extra Anejo. You have to nerf it down to the, to the Reposado. So that is at least one good thing in tequila. But Reposados between two months and a year of time in a barrel or resting, get yourself a Reposado. It uh, tends to be a really beautiful expression because the agave still comes through strong. I happen to have a beautiful bottle of Pasote uh, Reposado on hand that I'm drinking right now. And it's truly, if, if you hold it up, you can see it's got a little bit of white straw color to it almost, but it is very clear. Yep. And that's partially because the master distiller on this brand pushes the agave forward. They use nice, well-used barrels so that you aren't getting just an oak bomb. You still get agave. And, and Ocho does the same thing. And they're related mm. people. They're, they're friends. <laughs> but uh, it's it can be a wonderful blend of bringing in some new flavor notes it can take a little bit of edge off of some of the, that punch if you really can't handle the, the Blancos. Yeah, no, it's really nicely rounded. It's I find it to be a lot earthier, and there's some really good spice notes to it that I wasn't getting in the Ocho Blanco. Yeah, so it, it really depends on the producer. Some you I've seen reposados that are darker than extra anejos, but the really good ones don't tend to be that dark. You can't totally use color as a uh, an indicator, but uh, if it's if it's light, you can be pretty assured that the agave is going to still come through strong. So there's there's really fun blends because it's everything just under a year. Fortaleza has been doing winter blends for the last few years, where they take a bunch of different uh, casks. Interesting, they do beer and marsala wine and all kinds of things, and they blend them together. And because it's only a reposado, you can pump one out every year. So there's there's room in that expression for a lot of fun. Once you hit that one-year mark, you become an anejo. And that's the place where most bourbon Sorry, whiskey... Do you, do, you, do, you mind, do you mind saying it correctly? Uh, uh, um, and, 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 and hang on, let me read the label here. <laughs> I, need, I need some... Where is it? And yeho. And, and yeho. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. There. Let's let's pronounce things correctly on the show. We love to suck away into things. We love to. Okay, I didn't mean to kill the guy. Um, no, 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 it's okay. That <laughs> was that was actually the 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 correct dialect. You gotta yeah. you gotta have, to have the wheezy cough at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So some listeners won't be able to understand what I was saying. That's from the actual tequila region of Mexico. Yeah, that, that tequila is it down in? in I I promise you, listeners, we are not quite this racist. No, we're, we're just trying to make up for the lack of Mark not being here to say terrible, terrible things. We blame Mark. Fuck off, Mark. Everybody drink. Drink what? Oh wow! I heard drink. Woo! All right, all right. Gosh, gosh. I keep getting I keep getting derailed. I'm derailing you now. Crazy. Hey, wait till later. Hey, what? All right. If you're if you're a bourbon drinker, <laughs> if you're a whiskey guy, anything for the, like for that, those who did, for those who didn't catch that double entendre, I mean, just <laughs> he just right. really had to point that out. Yeah, sponsored by Trojan. Hey, that's where you want to start. Get get yourself if if you're really just you know you love bourbon. If if you know, start with it in Inejo. The extra añejos amp it up a bit, but they also raise the price a lot. You can get a reasonably priced añejo and get something that will have familiar flavors. Most aged tequila out there is in ex-bourbon barrels, so it's going to be right up your alley. Um, I, I personally, even though I love the agave so much, I really do love the mix of it with oak in there. Some brands can start pushing some of that agave a little too far into the background and get a little, little too much oak going on there. But 
as long as again stick to the good producers you're going to get yourself a beautiful floral bouquet of delicious agave-ness delicious agave-ness so throughout the past 35-ish 40 minutes or so we've talked a lot about the actual true flavors of proper tequila (laughs) not additive glycerin sugary filled shit um are there any other words or things from the lexicon we should take into consideration or account? So I, I sat the other day and I tasted through 50 rums and it was, it was a pretty rough day. I'm not going to lie. Definitely first world problems, but um, I tend to really want to do and enjoy these kind of deep dives, especially without Mark. Um, (laughs) um, So let's talk for a few minutes about what tequila should and when i say should yes we're using a little bit of the broad terms because things can get weird you can get things like mustard seed and pink peppercorn and all kinds of crazy things if you can pick them out you can in fact they they do exist if you can pick them out beautiful funky parmigiani cheesy yeasty you know the people love funky blancos there is a gambit um you're really, I mean, first and foremost, is always going to be kind of that, uh, you know, stroy, the, the agave is its own thing. Like it's hard to, if you've never tasted it, it's, it's its own plant. It's not rice, it's not corn, it's not barley or any of that. All of those things have their own flavor and so does the agave. But uh, pepper is a prevailing note yeah. of tequila. And it's one of the things that you see all those people going, oh, I want smooth, I want sweet, whatever. Yes, there is some natural sweetness in tequila, but there isn't 12 levels of sugar syrup. If if you drink something and the aftertaste is pancake syrup, and I don't mean oh. Vermont Canadian grade AAA maple syrup. I mean the stuff that was in a really racist bottle that they had to change the name of recently and it's actually just corn syrup that's been dyed a color and flavored, that's the flavor you get from bad tequila. You could put it on your pancakes and it would work fine. And you don't want to be drinking pancake syrup. Or do you? If you want to, <laughs> no, go right you, ahead. You do not. Don't come to my party. So, so some good tequila descriptions to keep in mind for, for those of you who are going to go out and buy bottles and taste through. I want you to look at tequila. We want you to look at tequila almost as the same way you would brandy. Um, Just for for my, do it for me. Um, You want to find something that's going to be perfumey. You can find things with a little bit of oak influence. And in those oak influence things, you can get things like coconut. You can get things like a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of cherry. Um, tutti frutti type of you know things you know a little bit of that candy you Tutti frutti tends to go the wrong way and it tends to be fake stuff there, yeah, there's a but, real you, but, it, should, but it exists I make the point here actually to say mm-hmm. that technically blancos are not supposed to have additives but uh by all accounts they do and it seems to be a factor of some loopholes written, written in the laws and just a general lack of enforcement plus they make Mexico a lot of money. So they're not going to, you know, kick out the gift horse kind of thing, but uh, be aware that the flavors that shouldn't be there are unfortunately in some Blancos. So you can get, I mean, really, truly, unlike other, unlike some other spirits and some other things, you can get a full range of flavor profiles from tequila. You can get things like green olive, you can get hints of nutmeg and caramel. You can get some earthiness. And that's the key right there is that earthiness, the minerality, that little kind of peppercorn, white pepper, black pepper, pink pepper, green peppercorn, bell pepper, sometimes. sometimes. Um, you can get those things in a, in a properly, decently made tequila without a ton of additives. Um, it does suck when you have you know, a tequila that was an Añejo and it's sitting there with just a ton of cinnamon and tiramisu. Like it's cool but i i want the earth i want the pina to come through i want dare we say tropical notes we want terroir yes yeah. i read a paper last year when we were doing the research for our first intro to tequila 
um, that talked about terroir influences in, in tequila. Um, and uh, a few others that I that I'd read over the past week or so talked about the the earth influence. And so one of the things that I definitely want people, if you're gonna geek out, Google things, but then Google the PDF version of things. So when you type in tequila aromas, type in PDF afterwards, you can very often find people's dissertations on these very high level types of things. So I've read some some dissertations um, from people um, generally with food science degrees, masters, PhDs, things like that, where you, you, we can definitely geek out on these things. So um, <clears throat> herbaceousness, earth, tropical notes, definitely when you get older, you want those kind of baked tropical notes. That's all I got. Dried fruit. Go drink tequila. Yeah. <laughs> I should also mention actually that uh, agave primarily comes from either the highlands or the lowlands region, and there are differences in flavor just across that, that the, the highlands tends to be a little brighter, pepperier, fruitier kind of deal, sweeter, and the lowlands is generally the earthy, vegetal kind of deal. Um, brands are free to mix them together if they want, they're free to do anything as long as they come from the right regions, they can do whatever they want. Uh, maybe a little questionable in terms of picking some of those notes out. When you do blind tasting, it doesn't seem to come through as much, but uh, depending on the brand, you'll definitely see differences in that. And like I was talking about the Ocho before, their their whole deal is the terroir of these fields. And it's, it's starting to become more. Portaleza just launched a, a version of their still strength, which is coming off of their own estate grown agave right next to the master distillers home on the property. So it's their local hillside. And that I think that's going to be a thing more in a lot of brands that are worth talking about. You're not going to see Don Julio doing that. You're going to see Don Julio doing what they did at the Primavera last summer and just giving you fake flavors and bullshit marketing. Mm, wow. This has been a fantastic fantastic deep dive into tequila and its origins and where it's at now and how it's made and how it tastes and how it ought to taste. Um, so Sandy, thank you so much for sharing a fuck ton of your wisdom on this subject. We're very excited. Be sure to join us next week uh, because we're going to have a lot more fun diving into uh, glassware and cocktails and celebrity brands and nonsense like that. So uh, Justin, bring us home. Um, all right. Well, definitely follow us on all of the socials. Um, at Julia Min, uh, at the what? We Tipple. Yeah, but I'm not at Julia Min. You know what I mean. It? Julia Min is at the We Tipple. Um, <laughs> Sandy is S underscore G-G-R-E-C-O. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, apparently, his Instagram is full of pizza, so gonna be oh. it's gonna be fun when I, when I finally meet this guy. Think in a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, we're gonna do some pizza. It's gonna be fun. Um, and you can of course follow me at at Bevfluence at whatever. Um, Mark Pruitt yeah, at Resident Pros and Mindy at Whiskey Editor. Um, <laughs> join us next time when we discuss those assholes who only want Casamigos. Ah. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for more fermented fuckery. Cheers!